Good morning, good, good Sunday morning to uh, all you guys. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in this morning. And uh, it's, we're in the middle of March Madness. I hope you're having a lot of fun. I hope Duke's still doing well. Uh, but I hope your team's still in it. Some crazy upsets, of course, just to kick off the tournament. Always a shocker. I don't know how anyone ever picks teams like that to win. A 16 beating a two or whatever. Uh, but it does. So the underdog sometimes has his way. And uh, that's kind of cool. But I hope your bracket's doing all right. Not the end of the world if it isn't. It's okay. Just don't bet money on it, okay? Stay out of the money part and you'll be just fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Uh, just want to let you know Easter is coming up and we're planning on a big celebration here at Burlington Christian Church. Uh, inviting lots of people, passing out lots of information, having a nice morning, some coffee, extra pastries and donuts. So if you guys want to take a ride over, come on over and join us for worship at 1030. Our kids will be a part of it. It'll be a family worship. We'll pack the house and just uh, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the greatest event ever in the universe. When Jesus rose from the dead, man, that gives us so much hope, doesn't it? I mean, we have so much. Our lives are so rich because we celebrate Easter and because what it means. Forget the bunny, forget the eggs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about <laughs> talking about Jesus and the resurrection, okay? Uh, so, welcome, and uh, we're talking about uh, core values. That's where we, we've been the last few weeks, core values, and, and kind of what those are for us as believers, and for us as a church, we believe they're very uh, important that we have these core values, things like the Bible, and teaching, and uh, prayer, and belonging, and then the mission of Jesus. And these, are, these are like pillars of our faith, and pillars of the church, and uh, they're so important, but we also understand that we are beginning to talk about our core values with a foundation already in place. And that foundation that we already understand is that Jesus is Lord and Savior. That's all there is to it. He is Lord. He is Savior. These are his teachings. This is his word. And now we are going to put his core values into our life. We have decided to follow Jesus. And so we're going to live the way Jesus wants us to live. What does that mean? Well, these core values. It means we begin with these core values and then it kind of flows out from there. Jesus, though, he is Savior. He is Lord. He is Messiah. He is all the authority. He is everything. He is coming back for those who love him. So I hope and pray that we are living lives not about religion, but about a relationship with the Son of God, with Jesus, who God sent to this earth. And, and when Jesus ascended back into heaven, he sent that third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to live in us. So Jesus and God, the Father and the Spirit are all, they're all wrapped up in this Trinity who is alive in us. And so we are living, living according to the Holy Spirit's work in us, the teachings of Jesus as we honor God the Father. It's, it's a beautiful relationship that we have with the creator of the universe. It's incredible. We covered the core value of the Bible. 
We got to start with the Bible. We talked about the teachings of Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about this core value called prayer, 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 prayer. And our challenge is simply this. Our challenge is this as we talk about prayer. We're going to talk a lot about prayer here today. But our challenge is simply this. Let's grow up in our prayer life. In our prayer life, let's move on. Move on and take it to another level in the depth of our prayer life. The things we think about, the things we pray about, and our level of like intensity that we, we, we get ourselves to, to, to come into this mindset of coming into the presence of God in a deeper level. We just don't say... Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts that are a prayer but are somewhat surface. We want to go way deeper than prayers that are written down, prayers are just that are just chanted or spoken. We, we, what we want to do is, is go deeper in our own heart as we connect with God. I hope that's where, how we're going to be challenged today. When we think about prayer, we think about a lot of things. Things come to mind. We talk about uh, how prayer is like talking to God. It's talking to our creator. It's like plugging into God. We plug into God when we pray, right? We say that. We see it as like giving our concerns to the Lord. We, we ask God to be with our people when we pray, right? And all these things happen in prayer. We seek God in prayer for direction, for guidance, for healing, for comfort, for wisdom. You know, we, we come to God for a lot of things. But, but I want to share with you today some, some truths, some two big truths about prayer and why it's such an important core value for our life. And then at the end uh, of the second point, uh, a, a few things that kind of I hope we can grab onto as we think about prayer for our life. And then we'll be done. Number one is this. The, the, the first big truth is this. Prayer is a learned discipline. It's a learned discipline. Like we come out of the womb and the first words that we ever will say at some point in those first few months maybe is mama. Right? We'll say mama. Right? That's what we'll say. Unless you're in my family, then I will drill that baby until that baby says, Papa, Papa, oh, Papa. Right? That's what we're hoping for. But we hear the words mama. Usually that's the first words ever spoken in a baby's mouth. Mama. Not, not glory be to God who reigns above and who knit me together in my mother's womb. Hallelujah. We, the, the baby's not going to say that. Right? The baby's not going to say that. Baby has no idea of all that. All the baby knows is mama. And so prayer is something that we learn to do. It's a discipline in our life and we grow in prayer as we grow older in life. In fact, in Luke chapter 11, one of the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Think about that. Like in the midst of Jesus's ministry, he's talking about being born again. He's talking about being a new creation. He's talking about being new in Christ. And so in all of this newness, this starting over, the new beginning of a new creation in Christ, when you are immersed into Jesus and you give your life to him. I hope you've done that. 
I hope you're following Jesus, the Bible, not a religion. But once you do that, once you do that, the di disciples understood they needed to ask Jesus, now what does it mean to pray? How do we do this your way? Because these guys are Jews. They're adults for the most part, at least older teenagers. They were raised. They know all the prayers of the synagogue and all the prayers of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the scribes. You know, they know all the religious stuff. But they came to a point where with Jesus, where they're like, Jesus, teach us to pray the way that you want us to pray. Not the way my religion has taught me how to pray, because that's not right. It's not right. Lord, teach us to pray. Why? Why? Because the world is cut off from sin, right? Because of sin, the world is cut off from God. And, and, and the sinful nature in us does not usually cry out to God in a normal situation. You will see people cry out to God when everything's falling apart and they're at the end of their rope and there's a major crisis. Now people tend to cry out to God, right? That's when you see people cry out to God. But in a normal life setting, people don't. The sinful nature doesn't do that because the sinful nature wants what it wants. It's selfish. It's not thinking about what God wants for my life. It's thinking about what I want for my life. And so when we come into this relationship with the Lord and we're born again into Jesus, this new life, and we begin to grow in it, we grow in it like a mustard seed, Jesus said. It starts off very small and then it begins to grow and mature. And so what we do with this topic of prayer, this idea of prayer, is we, we come to prayer as students and disciples of Jesus, and we say to Jesus along the way, Lord, teach us to pray. God, teach me how to pray your way, like oh, oh, according to your truth, according to your words. And so there's a lot of learning that we uh, will do and get as we read the scriptures, and we, we see how God's people prayed in the Bible, lots of prayers in the Bible. Jesus prays in the Bible. We learn a lot by reading the word of God about prayer. And there's a lot, <clears throat> there's a lot of trial and error in prayer. Like you just pray, you just talk to God. And as you mature and you get older, you learn by experience what you should be praying for and what you should not be praying for. But it's a growing relationship. So no matter where you are in your prayer life, it's okay. Just let's take the next step. Let's go a little deeper. Don't be satisfied with the prayer life that you have now. Want something more. Want something deeper in your prayer life with God. Want to know him better. Want to hear him closer. Want to do his will like more precisely. All of that comes from hearing him. It all comes from a relationship with God, right? It's you and the Father growing together. As a disciple, God is teaching us not just how to live, but how to talk to him and how to pray. And here's what we notice about prayer. Here's what you should notice about prayer. As you get older, and as you get more mature in your relationship with Christ, our prayers become more and more God-centered and less and less worldly. 
Okay, this is the, this is the core truth of what I want to say in this point right here. That as we mature in Christ, our prayers, our prayer life should get more and more focused on the things of God and less and less focused on the stuff and the things of the world. That's a big step for people to take. Because if you think about your prayer life, if you think about the things you pray about, I, I could say that most, most of what we pray about, pray about, what I hear people praying about, is world stuff. Worldly stuff. Think about Lazarus. If you would have been one of those praying for Lazarus, God raised Lazarus from the dead. God, please come back. Jesus, please come back to, to town and raise my brother from the dead. Why? Why? Aside from the, all the glory of God and the resurrection and all that stuff, which is the reason Jesus actually did all that. But why? So Lazarus could die again? I mean, that's where we're all headed. So that's not the focus. That shouldn't be the focus. And if we're all going to die and leave this planet, then, then anything on the planet is so not important. There's a whole kingdom and world of things that are far more important. The spiritual things of God are far more important. But we spend most of our time praying for the things that aren't going to last. And, and, and I'm hoping we'll make this shift this little shift in our heart, in our life, and we'll begin to pray for things that actually are going to last forever instead of things that are going to die here on earth. See, when, when our life becomes more God-centered in our prayer, we still are praying for people, but we're praying with spiritual intentions. We don't pray for riches anymore. We don't say, God, make me rich. But we pray, or we should pray as we're maturing, for the richness of Christ to dwell in us and to be in us. We don't pray for popularity or fame, but we pray for God to be glorified in our life. And so this shift happens. It's not about us and our success. It's really about God and his glory. That's how you know that you're moving into maturity in your prayer life and in your faith. That you're thinking more and more about the things that really do matter and less and less about the things that are going to perish. And our prayer life should reflect this. Our prayer life moves into the realm of the soul. It should move into the realm of the soul. We pray with eternal things in mind. And we learn to pray along the way. See, now, most people think prayer is something I do at, when I wake up, I have a prayer. When I go to bed, I have a prayer. When I eat a meal, I have a prayer. And so prayer has been, has been distributed into moments and times in my life. Like a meeting. I'm going to meet and pray and thank God for my hamburger at lunchtime, right? And then, so that's what we do. We pray and we should do that, right? I think, I think the, the value in doing that is more of a testimony to the world around you that I am a believer and I am going to pray and thank God and I don't care who sees it. And you can talk to God in those moments. But seriously, real prayer is far more than that. Real prayer isn't about a time and a schedule and a meeting. Prayer is what you live. Prayer is something we live. 
We don't just grow in it, but it grows in us. And we pray along the way. So everything we do becomes our life of prayer. We are breathing, right? We're breathing in oxygen. Our hearts are pumping. And there's one more thing we need to sustain us. And only one thing, and that is talking to God. That is a prayer life with God. So we breathe, our heart beats, and we talk to God. That is what our life consists of. That is the very core of our life, is that we're talking to God. We're communicating with God along the way. Almost every breath, every movement, every act, Every minute of our life, we are in constant communication with the God who created us. And we are not just breathing air on the earth, but we are breathing in the breath of God all day long. See, that's real prayer. Prayer is not something you go do. Prayer is something you are. It's you are. And we learn to pray along the way. As somebody sharing something I, I, of one of the grandfathers of one of my players this week is it's, it's coming out and helping me uh, coach our kids to give me a little help, which is awesome. And so he's like, okay, I won't, I won't, be, um, I won't be there uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, my, my brother uh, passed away, or a good friend passed away, he said. And so uh, right then I'm thinking already, I'm, I'm praying. I'm already, he's talking to me and I'm already giving it to God. I'm already saying, God, be with, be with, be with my friend, be with his, his friend's family. And so I'm praying, like I'm, I'm always in this posture of, we're gonna pray, I'm gonna pray. Something came up, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for comfort, pray, pray for peace, pray for uh, God to be glorified in this situation. But, but we spend, what I found is like, if you meet with a group of people to pray about something, we spend a lot of time talking about the prayer needs and very little time actually praying. But that's, that's not what prayer should be. Prayer should be, us expressing our love and our gratitude and our hearts to God all the time. And so if somebody's in need, I, we're praying for them right now. We're praying. As they're talking, I'm praying. I'm asking God to be with that person. I'm asking God to be in this situation. So it's not an event. It's not a meeting. It's not some time on my schedule but it's an expression of every breath that I breathe and everything that's going on around me. God is being brought into everything, everything. The Hebrew writer wrote many things that were profound and, and that apply to our walk with God. But in this case, in, in Hebrews chapter five, he says something that applies uh, also to this area of prayer. Look what he says in Hebrews five. Uh, the writer says, we have much to say about this. We'll get to the this here in a minute. But it is hard to make it clear. But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. That's not a good thing, right? You're not even trying. So when it comes to our prayer life, let's try to do it a little differently from here on out, okay? Hopefully today, maybe I'll say some things or God will speak to your heart in a way that, that you'll, you'll take, your prayer life will go to another level. He'll say, but it starts with us wanting to understand. If we don't want to understand, nothing's going to change. But if we want to understand, if we want to learn, if we want to grow, if we want to go deeper, we, we can. We can. God wants us to. In fact, verse 12, in fact, though by this time, he says, you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God. God's word all over again. You need, look what he says, you need milk, not solid food. This is not good. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, 
is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, things that are deeper. But solid food is for the mature who, by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. They're living in a deeper level than people who are just feasting on the milk of God. Verse 1 of chapter 6, Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. And so the Hebrew writer is saying, he's talking about the deeper things of the word, the deeper teachings of the word of God. Things that if you've been around the faith long enough, you should be at or you should already have down. Like we should be on to the deeper things of God. Right? That's what we should be. Like in chapter 5, this is what he's talking about. If you back up, when he says, we have much to say about this, that this that he's talking about is like the role of the high priest. If you look at chapter 5, Jesus as the Son of God. Jesus learned obedience by his suffering. And, and once made perfect, Jesus once made perfect, became the source of salvation for all who obey him. He's talking about some deeper things. And so he says, Jesus is designated by God to be the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And to all that, we go, what? You know, because that's kind of deeper stuff. We don't, we don't get into that. We talk about a lot of surface things, right? That's the church today. The church today has a lot of feel-good messages that just make you want to feel good and walk away, go, man, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, everybody's good. The bottom line is God wants us to go more, a little deeper. He wants us to go to the deeper things of him and, and stop feasting on the milk and get to some of the meat. Because only when we get to the meat will our lives be richer, deeper, and, 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 and more in tune with the truth of God at a deeper level. And our prayer life is brought into this as well because our prayer life will be deeper with God. See, what the devil would want more than anything else is for all of us as Christians to just stay on the surface of our faith. Just wallow at the top, just float around in the glory of God. Don't go deeper because when you go deeper, then you begin to put some pressure on the devil. And he don't want that. So he's more than content to let you just do the backstroke in the, in the glory of God's shallow end. Feasting on the milk of God all your life. And so the writer goes, look, God wants us to go to the deeper things. The deeper things. Like at this point, he's saying, at this point in your lives, you should be on big truce. We should be like going deeper with God. We should be on the meat of his word. But lots of people are still on the milk. Never moving, never moving to the deeper things of God. That's the problem with religion. Religion will keep you in the shallow end. Because the higher ups got the deep stuff. You just hang out in the shallow end and we'll tell you what you should do and how you should live and what you should act. We will tell you what God says. 
Don't read that for yourself. We'll tell you what it says. That's the problem with religion. People never move deeper. People never, people never move to maturity in Christ. And so a child, a child might pray. How cute. A child might pray something like this, Lord, and you might have heard your kid pray like this, or your grandkid, Lord, be with my puppy, and God, be with my owie, right? Amen, <laughs> right? And it's just cute. It will eat you up if you have children or grandchildren and you hear them pray like that. You're like, oh, it's so cute. But see, a mature Christian, a mature Christian would say something like this, Lord, use Fido to reach the world with the gospel. And God, Father God, use my severed hand to bring you glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And still praying for the dog, still praying for my hand, but now we're praying with a whole, whole different emphasis, a whole different level of maturity. Because it's not about my dog and my hand, it's about God's glory. It's about God being glorified in my life and in my circumstances. And the problem with most people's prayer is it's not about God getting glory. It's about God doing something for me. Many long-time Christians are still on the elementary things of God when they should be on the deeper things of God. Like they should be teachers and they should be workers in the kingdom of God. Instead, they're still babies. Brace yourself for this pick, okay? Check this dude out. This is what's going on in our world right now. Like in a really weird way, this is what's going on in our world. But, but this is an example of an adult still sucking on a binky, still drinking from the milk, right? Instead, still relying on other people to feed them and still on the bottle. Been around the Lord a long time, but have never moved to maturity. Still just splashing in the shallow end, still just drinking milk. That's a sad pick. That was a sad pick right there. But an illustration of how many spiritual people are in their spiritual walk with God. Instead, what we ought to be like this well-watered, healthy tree. That's what we should be, this beautiful tree that has this beautiful root system. See, both of those things kind of working together. That's what discipleship is. That's what growth should look like. This tree, well-watered, planted by the, by the river, right? Growing up in our faith, growing up in our faith is critical to our walk with God. Maturing in our faith is critical to our walk with God. In Luke chapter 17, the disciples said to Jesus, they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, increase our faith. Do you hear those words? <clears throat> That's a cry and a desire to grow up, to maturity, to become more mature today than I was yesterday. Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Like help us to grow to maturity and health. That should be our prayer. In Luke chapter eight, remember the, par the parable of the, the, um, the sower. And it says that some seed fell on, on good soil. 
And the seed that fell on good soil, it produced a crop 100 times what was sown. One seed went in, but 100 plants came out. See, that's healthy. <clears throat> that's going deeper. That's going to maturity in Jesus. But, but there's a lot of people just still sucking on that one little seed because they've never grown up. They didn't plant the seed. It didn't die and produce 100 times more. They're, they're chewing on the seed, the one little seed. To which Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, I love this. He says, for this very reason, make every effort. Look, you like we talk a lot about the battle belongs to the Lord and God will do it and, and God is great and God, you know, God's will will be done. And, and that is all very true. But God has invited us into the battle with him. And sometimes he actually wants us to put the armor on and go fight. Sometimes he says, stay back. I got this one. But we always are poised to go fight. We are always prepared to go and do our part, not to win salvation, but to honor and live for God on this planet. We honor God by serving God, by doing good works. They are a must in the kingdom of God and in our life. And he says this, make every effort like you put all of you into this. Look what he says, add to your faith, goodness. And add to goodness, knowledge. Add to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, mutual affection, to mutual affection, love. Then he says, look, for if you possess these qualities, get this, in increasing measure. You know what that is? Growing up, adding on to, growing bigger, growing deeper, growing stronger, growing more like Christ. He says, if you will put the, possess these qualities in your life with increasing measure, he's not done. He says, they will keep you from being, two words, ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, when we're growing in Jesus, we're being productive for Jesus. When we are not growing with Jesus, we are being unproductive in Christ. So it, 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 it moves us that we grow in our faith. We must grow up in our faith and go on to the deeper things of God. Our roots have got to go deep so that our branches will go up and out, right? So that we will be a blessing to other people, that we will be workers and teachers in the kingdom and not just the roots sucking in the nutrients, but we'll grow up and we'll make a difference in the world for the people around us. <laughs> our teens, uh, so I work with our teens here in this youth room on Sunday nights, great group of teenagers, and I coach uh, middle school, so I'm, I'm around teenagers a lot in that way. But teenagers, especially boys, like to do uh, one thing. Do anybody know what that is? No, it isn't what you're thinking. They like to flex, right? You know, no matter what they're doing, they're, you know, grunting, and, you know, they shoot a basket, and they make a basket, and it's, they flex, and they like to, you know, show off their little muscles. And, and that doesn't stop when you become an adult male either, okay? When you're older, you still are doing this stuff. You're like, my brothers do this often. You know, all this stuff. Prayer, prayer is a lot like a muscle. Prayer is a lot like a muscle, and it grows, and it is strengthened by use. 
use, right? Those who pray for the things of God, those who pray for the things of God, they develop spiritual muscles and they become spiritually fit. They become mighty warriors for God and they become ready for battle. So when your prayer life goes deeper, you become stronger, your faith increases, and you become a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. That's what happens when your prayer life goes deeper. When your root system goes stronger, everything going on above the surface is stronger as well. And your muscles, your prayer spiritual muscles begin to develop. So maybe, maybe it's time to put down the two pound dumbbells and pick up some real weights. When it comes to prayer, we learn and we become mature in it as we grow, as we develop, as we use our prayer muscles by spending time with God. That's what we do. Prayer, prayer is talking to the most important person in the universe. That's what prayer is. It's having this conversation with the most important person in all of creation. So who's the most popular person you ever met? I'm sure uh, most of us have met some kind of important people, maybe pro athletes or um, uh, movie stars or uh, people like that, authors, that kind of thing. I wonder, I'm wondering if anybody's ever met a president or a king or the queen or the prince, not from a distance, but like up close and shook their hand and maybe said words with them, that would be kind of cool. Prayer, prayer, as cool as that might be, that is nothing. whip de ding dong right? That is nothing compared to talking and having a conversation, communication with the God of all creation who invites us to know him and walk with him and talk with him. That is incredible. Prayer, prayer, Prayer is talking to the most important person in all of the universe, in all the universe. That's what it is. It's talking to the God of all creation. And next week, we're going to continue where we left off right here. And our second point that we're going to get to is this. Prayer is spiritual. It is spiritual food for your soul. It is the spiritual power of God that works in us in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. You guys have an amazing week. I'll see you next week. God bless you. I hope your bracket's not too busted, but we'll see you here next week. Have a good one.